Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn. Join my hat, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick to answer your burning wrestling questions. <laughs> Who's a Michael Hamflet? Uh, <laughs> Apologies, this was going to be live on YouTube, but due to technical issues, we are pre-recording this, but we do have your chat here, so I'll be answering as many wrestling questions as we can, because we do daily wrestling podcasts here, of course, at What Culture, where we review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! We're going to be AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A very good quiz, of course, and I've just realized we've done this the wrong way around, because we also do podcasts. <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, yeah. on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Google uh, anyway, uh, let's dive into the chat. Let's yeah, start please. with a question today from Matt Rains, who says, "Oh, Good morning, my King, Wilborn, and others. Uh, what are each of your personal favorite moments in wrestling this year? For me, just seeing that atmosphere at Wembley for another promotion was incredible. Cheers, brother. Cheers for the question, Matt. Thank you very much for the question, Matt. Um, I'll go first. Why not? Why After not? all, Matt Reigns is the number one Cedric Mega fan. Um, I've got a couple, so I'll tell you them. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a half an hour in the studio, I'll tell you that for now. It's been half an hour in this bloody studio. Um, off the top of my head, that's the way to do it. You don't want mm-hmm. to think about these things that you felt most um, keenly. The um, way in which Brian Danielson tried to bridge out of a hammerlock from ZSJ at WrestleDream and then realized, oh, can't do it with that arm. It's like you just worked a momentary lapse in concentration. That's how just realistic this match you're mm. working is. That was absolutely wonderful. I howled with laughter and just was struck by, you've absolutely nailed this in the first minute. I was going to strap in here. The MJF Adam Cole main event, when they take the concept of banter and friendship and like mugging your mates off. And there's a limit to how far you should go. <laughs> But, um, you know, when you like, you take the makeup of your mate, like, I'm like square headed and all the rest of it. <laughs> they were just doing, like that. Yeah, yeah, just like, just as an example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were like doing that, like, in the context of a wrestling match by like cheating, like, yeah. trodden on each other's backs and strutting and just bantering each other off at a store. I don't think I've ever seen a wrestling match like this before. And you're doing it for the first time, like this experimental new thing. And just friggin' Wembley Stadium, why don't you? <laughs> that storyline and that dynamic just felt absolutely untouchable. And I think people should remember that as well, mm. how magic it was. Because it's all so easy. Ah, damn. Because that's horrible. But they had magic together. And it was a really bold kind of magic. I remember the first five minutes, me and Hamflet were just, like, loving it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loving mm-hmm. it. And you loved something else at Wembley as well, didn't you? I did indeed. Like, just on that, by the way, 
did 30 odd thousand people feel it enough to come back again in the second year? Like that's Potentially. really impressed mm. people like that AW number, we should put it over. We've been critical of the creative direction and one of the reasons why you're critical of creative direction is because ultimately it can drive a decline in business and that obviously impacts the future of the promotion and all that and yet people either loved it enough the first time that they're going back or felt in a formal from the first time they desperately want to be there. So something has definitely worked from that show to bring people back this time around. But yeah, like we use the phrase coming out of Wembley, face of God. Religious experience. Uh, and i got two more words for you. Da Punker, because it happened twice in uh, 2023. Because <laughs> I got everything from CM Punk, the in-ring genius uh, at Wembley, and I got everything from CM Punk, the self-promotion genius at Survivor Series, and the reality there, the cult of personality has never been more appropriate now that he's gone back to WWE at the expense of so many things he has said and done very recently in his career, let alone in his original Ring of Honor run. He is a force of nature if you like him, you know, if you care about that man in pro wrestling and you want him in it, or I suppose even for some people that hate him, I think he, like, creates that emotional response one way or the other. What did we see as all in? We were kind of giving it the old, oh, CM Punk, while partly antagonistically, in a fun way. In an like, interactive yeah, way. Yeah, in an absolutely sort of home and away fans sitting together way, while elite fans turned their back on Literally could not bear to watch him. <laughs> like, that was what they kind of... And we sort of realised that AW had this as a crowd experience, even if through the screen, it just looked like wrestlers all hated each other, and then, as it would prove, it was both, <laughs> yeah. kind of both actually. So untenable, as it absolutely was. To get it twice. Punk coming back to WWE, I think I alluded to this on one of our, some of our Raw coverage last week. As somebody that wants so much to enjoy WWE and has been given a year in which there's been loads of opportunities to do mm. so, to then get kind of your living, working favourite back in it was just the icing on the cake. Like a brilliant year, one of my favourite years as a wrestling fan. And it's ending on a high because like looking at WWE, it's pretty much coming around. They're going to have a very, very WWE December by the looks of it. Yes. So we're pretty much uh, wrapped from here. <laughs> I think in terms of personal favorite moments in wrestling, I have to mention Money in the Bank because that that evening for me was was fantastic. Not just necessarily, I mean, the event, but it was the final stream that we were doing before I went off, paternity leave, et cetera, and was going to miss the streams, et cetera, and, and all that. Uh, I enjoyed the show first and foremost, and then we went out afterwards. Just great vibes, basically. So I had a lovely time watching Money in the Bank. I do have to mention pretty much everything surrounding Backlash. Mm. Because there was un unquestionably a sense of, is everything going to be all right after yeah. the shenanigans of night two of WrestleMania? And Backlash, you just thought, oh, right, okay, Cody and Brock are doing that. You had the Zelina Bay thing, and then, of course, we bum, always... Bum, 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 bum. The Bad Bunny entrance. To this day, me and Hamflet, uh, me and Wilborn, and Hamflet, still yeah. pop for it. Um, we were doing the rehearsals for the live show. <laughs> And let's just say we might have done something at the start that's a bit funny, and we were just playing Bad Bunny's yeah, song. Yeah. Just like, that got us in the mood, that Get got hyped. us hyped for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one thing I've, I've not really mentioned a lot uh, is the end of night one of WrestleMania, because it, it's sort of been lost in everything, obviously, because of the... of the, the end of night two of WrestleMania and the rubber chicken and Cody and all that. But, like, the end of night one of WrestleMania... I got the sense, we're walking out with everyone, everyone's in such a good mood, you know, KO and Sammy, they've just won the tag titles in the main event of WrestleMania against the Usos. Everyone was like, I think, because like, night one's always great, I think we're 
literally living in a golden age of WWE right now. And tomorrow night, Cody's going to become world champion. And then what's that going to bring and what have you? Everyone was in such a good mood. I loved the vibes leaving that show. I know I cannot get through a single podcast without saying, the weekly TV is a bit boring. But even though I do think that still, I watched 95% of WrestleMania and my thought was, it's better than 17 this. Yeah, it's better than 17. Because the match quality was so much higher. The match quality was absolutely incredible. The production, Mm. like just something like Dom's entrance, it's like, Jesus yes. Christ, this is, they've just absolutely smashed this from 40 yards into the postage stamp. Like, they couldn't have struck the sweeter note between the production, characters, the match quality, like the sequencing of these two nights. Um, it might age wonderfully yeah. if Cody, if they can ramp up this Cody and Roman program. It's not just merely delivering the correct result. I think they really need to nail the program yeah. to justify this. Two-year WrestleMania is like one of the best ever the mm. things they've ever done. But my prevailing feeling watching WrestleMania for most of night two and all of night one was, yep, this could be the new one. There was a bit of um, Vince and Bruce and Pat around the pool, I think, about you know a couple of months back when Cody and Jade won the belts and were about to lose them, but they had the one opportunity to have Cody and Roman pass each other on SmackDown. That felt like a choice, didn't it? Yeah. That felt like we've, we've plotted through a week where that can happen. Do it, and let's just judge the reaction. And in the building and online, people went insane for it. And yeah. it's like, well, we've still got them. This is still absolutely yeah. going to work. We've got people where we want for that specific match to, as you say, kind of like elevate last year's show. Yeah. In, like in the years, so people do re-watch WrestleManias. A lot of WWE stuff is designed to be disposable, but WrestleMania sort of does yeah. stick out. Yeah. So I do think it'll age age quite well. There's surprises as well on that show of like that, is it the four-way? I was like, where's this The showcase from? was oh incredible. God. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and I'm sure I speak for all of us when I mention our live show as a personal favourite moment in wrestling this year. Yeah. Oh, that was tremendous. Um, it sounds indulgent, but absolutely yes. 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 Incredible. Well, hopefully, maybe you'll maybe be able to watch that soon. Uh, maybe, I don't know. And uh, maybe that's not the last, last live show we're going to do. Uh, hi uh, to maybe, John Oldfield. <laughs> hi to John Oldfield. Hi, Jan. Hi, Jan. Uh, he says, what do you guys think is harder in wrestling, being a heel or a babyface? Uh, being a babyface. Yeah. Being a babyface, they all say... Has it pivoted a bit in 2023? So. No. I, I just think... We've had a lot of chats about heat lately. Yes. Yes. We've had a lot of chats about heat. The friendship is the driving force of so many stories, and that's about people's good side, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Like, I guess... The, yeah, the, the old classic cliche, if you speak to any wrestler, they just prefer to be a heel until they want some more merchandise. I'm yeah. Yeah, sure, oh, <laughs> yeah. be a babyface. Um, because I think it's hard to do anything... Genuinely, which is weird because we are in a period of like amazing success with the professional wrestling business. In terms of earnest reactions, like really earnest reactions that are going to get you over into a main event, I had to pretty hard. Like if you're Cody Rhodes in WWE, you kind of carry the thing of, oh, how do you get beloved, universally beloved or respected at the very least? I kind of had to change the entire industry. <laughs> I was like, All right, well, how the hell do you do that? You know what I mean? It's really hard. Um, for a baby face, People have always gravitated towards stars. Like, to say with 1989, Flair and Steamboat, like, that was true then. Um, and a heel, all you have to do in an arena to get a reaction from people who are just buzzing to be there is to do a simple heel trick. Like, I'm going to do a move. Nah, I'm not. I'm going to deprive you of the cool move. Ah, oh, you dickhead! <laughs> it's very easy to do that. If a baby face is like, oh, begging for your sympathy, I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's. I do wonder, like, I don't know if... 
part of the um, audience, you know, like obviously people going for love and friendship over violence and hatred and all that, and that's been like a theme of this year. Maybe that's not just a wrestling thing so much as it is an audience profile thing and like how it's often spoke about how WWE and the, like, the Attitude Era and pop culture were like, so rarely in sync as they were then. An element of that might have happened, like have people turned to wrestling for nice things more than awful things because there's so many awful things elsewhere. Mm. And if like wrestling is supposed to be an escapist form of entertainment and now rather than escaping from a world you're happy in into violence, you need to escape from a violent world into happiness. Yeah. And maybe there's a, maybe that's why that has been as successful as it is because people are looking for the heart more than they're looking for the hatred. But the prize in wrestling is still the top baby face spot. It's the same as, and unfortunately like for tag teams, this has happened too because WWE established the rules and everybody has to work to them. But like tag teams, prize is often well is one who's going to be a singles guy in split who's going to be the singles guy if you're a heel how long are you heel before you become so popular that you have to be turned babyface the babyface spot is still that one that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow so until that changes that's probably still the hardest one yeah. to obtain but i do think maybe wrestling is reflecting society mm. a bit and people want to feel the warmth of like relationships again <laughs> and the establishing of things on wrestling because it's more of an escape than it's ever been the world's pretty horrible isn't it you know, yeah so. that's awful um, we talked a lot about the Continental Classic um, yeah. recently. Blue League, good. Jeremy Sturgis says, how about this as a booking? I'll come to you first on this one. Kingston wins the remaining matches. Brian goes undefeated. Kingston then beats Mox in the semi and beats Brian Danielson in the final. That's got to be the booking, right? I don't love the Mox Kingston final as much as other people do. And I've seen it a lot and it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, it's just Mox and Kingston. I don't really love the... Kingston, I promised it all, and I've managed to get this far and hold on to my belts, and then it's Moxley that takes them away. I don't think it's where Moxley is right now. I don't think that character needs more cruelty. Like, I'd, I'd like to just be settled with John Moxley, the babyface, again, rather than taking the belt. And they can tell the story with two babyfaces, but I just, it's a real uphill battle for John Moxley if he's just taking his best friend's titles. Mm. Now, Jamie... Does that like, make it easier, then, if you do that in the semis? I think as a semi-final match, that's like that's uh, I would prefer that. Danielson, I love because he's... I think at the moment, Danielson is selling you on another Kingston match, even if it's not happening in the tournament. Yeah, like the, the build-up build to the match, and then that, yoga, uh, that meditation promo he cut. Like, he's kind of... He's both putting over Eddie Kingston and just affording him no quarter whatsoever for the way he sees things. They are kind of... Danielson's such a genius. Because of the characters they are, they are kind of seeding like a legacy rivalry, but even if they never wrestle again, because they're just so opposite and yet the same. So I would love them to get back to Danielson-Kingston. Uh, but I, what I really like about that is Kingston Mox in the semi. I would like to see them two have that match and it not be all or nothing for Eddie because mm. I just don't think it helps Mox at this point. It's, for me personally as a fan, it's the worst case scenario is Moxley just taking Kingston's belts and like walking off. I want Moxley and Kingston to have a kind of a competitive babyface-ish um, final on this thing that's been sort of built up. I know Jay White's cheated. The thing has been built up as pristine, immaculate sporting competition. No cheating, no seconds, no interference, no nothing. And then Moxley to cheat in that final against Kingston, sparking an actual heel Moxley versus babyface Kingston. And that's really one of the very few scenarios I can see myself really buying into this heel Moxley character. Mm. So I don't hate him. I'm just like put off by how intense and hard he is. That's not a true love to hate. Mm. I could get that, I think, with a babyface Kingston. Then they have this full on, proper, one on one, direct animosity, hatred, everything, blood feud, the likes of which people have thought has been missing a bit from mm -hmm. AEW of late. 
this will be in a subversion of the Revolution 2021 finish, like the redemption of John mm. Moxley. He just becomes a baby face, and then he goes on to win, and then he can do heel world champion Swerve Strickland versus a redeemed proper baby face. We love you all over again. Thank you for everything. John Moxley in one of the big shows in 2024. I, I like that Swerve and Moxley thing. Yeah. I think that's why I want to keep him babyface, but it's probably better that he earns it all over again. Yes, so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Nicolakopoulos, thank you for your donation as well. Edward Shiraz Hans says, G'day, handsome gents. Considering the right, considering the ratings for Collision, <laughs> should AEW actually do a round of... Oh, do you want to do the, the song that we do for the game? Well, this, well, this is late as nine, nothing... One night. <laughs> you got to mix it up. What a night. Let's go to the Headfield. The classics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I assume Steve means basically transform that into a women's wrestling I'm under show. pressure from no one yeah. to change <laughs> the theme. Just want to do it, you know? Uh, yeah. Should they should they do that and tie it in with the return of Thunder Rosa? I'll do like a f- all women's collision. I, that's what I read from this question. Uh, I'd like to see that. Like, how often do we see a wrestler? Like, Kira Hogan was on just on Collision. Mm-hmm. She had a pretty ropey match where a lot of what they did looked very choreographed. And when something that looks very very choreographed to begin with doesn't come off, it looks like you're not even wrestling in there. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're just getting into position for your spots. And it just was really ropey. And it was quite short. And I just felt sorry for all involved because you're not getting reps. They're not getting the chance to just do this by muscle memory, repetition, do it, do it, do it. In any walk of life, it's like writing. I stopped writing between like university and this job for like at times like three years. It's like the thought of doing it was just like really like off-putting, daunting. Then when I finally started to do it, everything I wrote just felt crap and lame and all the rest of it. But now, like I sometimes, and this is a bit of a dickhead confession, right? I will sit because I've been doing it for my job over and over and over and over again. You get in these zones where if you get into this zone of doing things, and this is like, I'm using right as, as, an, as an example, as the analogy here, where boom, 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 you get locked in these zones. There's times when I write a joke or like an insight or like just a collection of words and I'll go to myself at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm just like uh, smug and dialed in and just like really confident. Yeah. How... Are 95% of the women in AEW ever meant to reach that sort of zen of yeah when they're proper, dialed into the process, confident. Mm. It just ain't going to happen unless you have a lady at night and I'm thinking, what a night on collision. They need some business relationships with like, like stardom mm. or like just, I don't know, Something like strike up relationships with some of the more prominent indies in the US. Say, right, you put them on here, or like, I don't know what it is, but this current system does not work whatsoever. And when I see someone like Akira Hogan have a match that is pretty ropey, or I see someone like Anna Jay go months without a proper TV match, and then she gets a TV match, and it's just the Anna J TV match where it's a bit good, but sometimes she gets lost or whatever, and no one cares about it because you can't invest in a character like Anna J. It just, that's bleak. It's mm. all very bleak, and I love that idea because at least it's one actual bold attempt to get around this problem. It's this, it's 
self-fulfilling prophecy over and over and over again. Yeah, it was when you're describing the writing thing, it wasn't just that it's not just the matches, is it? It's, you can tell when you're watching wrestling. There are characters that are like really locked in and know exactly who they are. And it's why for the longest time you everyone was champion championing Britt Baker and couldn't wait for her to win the title because when there was so little space with which to get over, she took that space and became one of the most important characters on the show. And even though the uh, tooth and nail match was pretty terrible and the a lot of the in-ring like didn't support a Britt Baker for world champion. It was all right, but it wasn't like she was moving mountains as a wrestler. But nonetheless, you were like, well, I absolutely love this character. She's dialed in. You've got to strap her up. And when she did, I remember that go-home promo she cut on Hikaru Shida. And I think at the time, comparisons were being made to like the Austin 316 one. Obviously, very different outcomes from that. But the confidence she exuded was, I'm going to be the next big star. And the belt, mm. I am the next big star. And the belt is more confirmation of that. Yeah. Like my ascension is, is done, basically. And I think you're just not seeing that with enough women's wrestlers in AEW because the system isn't really set up to help them. Um, Athena came in as a polished, experienced wrestler who had done it all mm. wrestling. So the f- easiest thing for her is to come in and just go out there and have a functionally enjoyable match or a well-worked match or whatever. But you start remembering Athena matches when she gets locked into that character and you can see it in her eyes and you can see it in her body language, everything. Uh, and there are so few women's wrestlers that have that kind of... Very hard to articulate body language. And Tony Storm, I think to her immense credit, whether you like or dislike this character, has it in this character as much as she had it in the last one when she was kind of one of the division's aces. If you go back and look at her in the CWC in NXT, she simply doesn't belong. She doesn't know what she's doing there. Her work, as much as it suits a grimy and grim atmosphere because it's hard hitting, the character's not believable and she doesn't look like she really fits and Mm. knows what her direction is. And if you get one match in every four weeks or you get three matches just to lose a title match and then disappear again, how can you get comfortable with your character? How can you get comfortable in your own skin when Mm. you're supposed to project that? Bold stuff like that. People would blow off that suggestion as like pie in the sky. Too naive. Yeah, naive, impossible, whatever. It is all those things, but you need to do that. Both these things can be true. It's all those things, but you do need to do these things. Scott Dobson says, G'day, fellas. Uh, who's your final, ideal final four for the Rumbles? Uh, Scott wants Sammy, Drew, Punk, and Cody with Punk winning, dashing their dreams. Uh, and for the women, any combination with Bailey and Bailey winning? I think, I think it's Punk and Rollins and not even, if I'd never heard those reports, I really like the detail that uh, Adam Pearce tried to lure Randy Orton to Raw on SmackDown with a, with a world title shot. And then I think it's interesting that Punk is going to SmackDown and he might also be the subject of a, well, where are you going to go? And then Adam Pearce is like, I'm offering title shots here. And then Punk will be like, yes, please. And there's your perfect route into yep. Punk versus Rollins. And that might get them out of a Punk in the Rumble situation anyway. Yeah. Because that, like, Punk's a divisive figure, but I do believe he would also divide the audience with Cody. And you don't really want to be doing that. No. Cody and Gunther should absolutely be in the final four together. There's nice Rumble lore developing between them. And I think it's another tease of a huge singles match that they'll have later this year, hopefully in Berlin. But somewhere they'll have a massive, massive singles match. I think Drew makes the final four because that's good. Uh, motivation for whatever. The closer he gets, the yeah. more it'll fuel the character. Yeah. The further away. Like, so close, so far sort of thing. And I am being talked into a world title run by Sami Zayn. So, effectively, I could well see him sticking out as well. And he's maybe a guy that Drew eliminates for the heat. You know, like, and then gets, you know, and then gets thrown out himself anyway. And, like, you've not then been given Sami and Cody in that 
Oh, remember last year when it was me or you, and it's this year and it's me or you again because, again, I just, why would you put Cody in trouble? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Cody has to win, uh, like you're saying. I think in my head, the moment I heard the Steve Austin thing, I was like, oh, cool, no, we'll have a championship match for Punk at uh, WrestleMania. That's absolutely fine. Just put him in there with Stone Cold. <laughs> so I put him in there. Uh, it's great, that. <laughs> okay. What an, idol, what an idol win for literally everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Gunther, Cody, Maybe like a random, maybe like a Bron Breaker or someone mm-hmm. big in there could be fun. But like you say, if you had Ivar because he's goated. Yeah, yeah. if you had if you had the likes of Sammy and Drew in there, thinking forward to presumably the Elimination Chamber for the World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania, win that and you you get like you can hoy almost everyone that's in those final four, five, six even into those into that chamber, apart from Gunther actually, because he can't go anywhere. Just thinking practically as well. <laughs> He's stuck in the USA, unfortunately. Like just thinking practically about the chamber, Cody um challenging Roman when Raw is full of these wrestlers that are all chasing Seth's title. You're not short of six guys yeah. for that match as well. So I just think that's if we if it's all going as we're assuming and as to be fair, as the booking has kind of guided you towards I think that's the smart move anyway, having the raw title be for the chamber. In the women's one, it very much depends on if they pull the trigger on this Bailey damage Katara thing before the rumble. Like I think her trying to run protection for EO Sky and then suddenly faced with the opportunity of actually winning the match herself. Ooh. I offers up some great drama, but they might have already kicked her out of damage Katara. It's a Christmas then. present, it's the new damage control t shirt. Why isn't my face on it? Great. Oh, great. great. That's actually a good bit of booking idea. Well, maybe I want to roll. What do you reckon? Uh, I am thinking that Becky versus Rhea is the raw direction. I forget. I can't. I never get the names of the titles the right way around. I'm sorry. You actually like love SmackDown, so you should know. No, I've got a clue. It's the world women's on Raw and the WWE. So the WWE women's title, that felt like Charlotte maybe. I don't know. Until the recent additions to and developments within Damage Control. And I do feel a bit like you. I hope we'll see naive. Um, <laughs> when I think, hang on, do my calculations. Like, can we finally get a good baby face Bailey on the main roster? I feel like we're this close. We are like close. <laughs> really close. Like agonizingly close. Like the 2015 me is kind of alive at that possibility. Yeah. If you do like Bailey versus EO. And she's got the side pony back and the wacky wave and she man return at WrestleMania. Yes. Like, I. I'm into that. I'm really into that. And it's... And Becky Rhea is such a good contrast because that's like, oh my God, like big buildings falling down, Godzilla King Kong type thing. Uh, like you've there. got your... Let's face it, because as much as I love Bailey's 2015, I think the work has declined. And I think injuries mm. have played a huge role in that. But you've got your night one work rate match. Probably the best in-ring you've got, I mm-hmm. think, Rhea and Becky. Yeah. And that can be, like, Rhea could just win to establish her. It's like, mm. right, no, fuck the horsewomen. I'm actually. Unpredictable, that. Um, the that number much. one. And then that night two, or whichever way around, could be your, your vibes match. Babyface Bailey's back. You know, the match might not be as good, but my God, mm. like, what a complete disgrace that company is for not doing yeah. anything of note with Babyface Bailey on that main roster, knowing what she was like in 2015. And I know for a fact it's not a flash in the pan. It was just truer. That it was, was there. It was real. It was real. Yep. It was deep. And that would mean Bailey's won a rumble, Becky's won a rumble, Charlotte's won a rumble. Oh my god. The twenty twenty five rumble is man. If I'm, by the way, if I'm by the by, if I'm Mercedes Money and I'm wondering where to go, I'm the Fed. Yeah. WWE I mean AEW just does not it, the f- 
themselves in these negotiations. Like, why would you go? I'm not bored of her star. experimenting, but what has she got to gain from mm. staying what, out there? What has yeah. any top women's star got to do with going to AEW? Just yeah. doesn't want women's wrestling that I saw, much. I saw, it like, doesn't. I get it as well. I saw some conversation around. Was it the cancelled Julia match? And there was a certain sense of, oh, no, like they're probably going to both end up in WWE. And it's like, I get how upset you are that maybe it won't take place in Japan or for a Japanese person in America, however that was going to shape out. But it's okay to be happy for, I think, female wrestlers having a go of it in WWE. Yeah. I know there are years and years and years and years of examples <laughs> of the ball being dropped. But it is still, if you're a woman, surely the place where you want to go and like try your hand. If you want to wrestle. Eh? Yeah, like rather than the alternatives. <laughs> yeah. like, uh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's get some more questions. Uh, Andy says, I don't get how SmackDown and Raw are so different. Um, no US show has handled its characters and personal dynamics with as much care as Raw. The stories have had depth. SmackDown is just not close to being as compelling. What do you make of that? I, I don't disagree, actually. Like, I enjoy... I'd, I put this down to uh, viewing habits more than anything else. SmackDown, I associate with my Saturday morning on the phone screen while I'm trying to make breakfast for the kids and get it watched. And it does feel a bit more lightweight. It must it must have something to do with Roman Reigns not being there all the time. And yet, him not being there helps him. Like, his aura is absolutely protected by his mm. part-time schedule. But the only time, I would say, since Triple H took over, that SmackDown was the destination was when it was Roman and Sammy every week. Mm. That was when that was the most vital place to be in WWE. And I do think... I don't, like, that's probably a really basic take. Well, the world champion's not there. But... That's what world titles are ultimately for. Like it's the you know the leader of the company, the brand leader, and this is not a comparison to the days when Hogan was on top because even if he wasn't on Superstars every Saturday morning, he was always just present. You'd get a Hogan promo even if it was just to sell tickets to the local town mm. or whatever, or you knew that Hogan was going in to fight whoever. Like the world champion was always this ever-present figure. Whereas you've seen the meme of the amount of times they've done the Roman returns to SmackDown graphic that highlights how much he isn't there. Yeah, and I do like I'm not yet sold on the world title being at. WrestleMania 21 
which match goes on last levels. But they're getting there. They're doing it again. And I think, like, over time, they'll level those belts off. And then I think you'll see, like, that you can afford to have, like, Roman Reigns be missed or whatever, you know. It's, I, I think that, that must be it. I think it's, like, the absence of a proper, proper world champion makes sometimes some of the mid-card stuff feel a bit rudderless because there's no end point. Mm. What do you make of it all? No one can do five hours a week of good television. My man TK can't do it. Triple H can't. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's probably got a bit to do with it. Like, Raw is better than SmackDown. It just is. I don't know. I think there's better talent on Raw, to be perfectly Mm. honest, to be completely brutally honest. It's a really good talent on SmackDown. Um, But uh, it's just like LA Knight. He's lost the match to Roman, obviously. But, like, what happens when he gets over again? What does he do? There's no, like, you need a world champion on those shows. Mm. It's like the... Doesn't help that the US champion's been disappeared for a while as well. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to care about SmackDown. I can't. Maybe that's a problem. Well, but again... That's a raw question. Maybe I'll care about that. (laughs) It's Triple H trying to cheat it a little bit because he's got LA Knight saying, I will defeat the bloodline one by one by one by one as if to suggest that that's the real quiz. But then if you physically can't do that because Roman's nowhere to be found or, like... Solar Sokoa returns next week, which they've even tried that graphic once. How much of his plan can he really enact if they're not even there? Yeah. Uh, Andy's I'm not sure if it's the same, Andy. I assume it is. That's, that's another question. Thank you. Uh, about know. how different are HBK and Triple H's booking philosophies? <laughs> they're kind of 1 and 1A one for Booker of the Year, obviously. Uh, he hasn't written this. I'm just saying that on top. But, uh, yeah, it's tough to call. It's, it's so weird. Like, Sean... Is a soap opera writer, yeah. With like, doesn't have the same sensibilities as Triple H, who's very wrestling. Like, he looks like Buddy Baba (laughs) (laughs) compared to uh, like Sean. Does Triple H like Sean Michaels has always had that like irreverent sense of humor? I guess Mm -hmm. not irreverent, but like I don't know. He just books a soap show that has wrestling on it. Yeah. Which is weird because he was like a hundred times the professional wrestler Triple H ever was, and yet and Triple H always seemed to be the more like broader, daft of the two. Um, I know they don't have they both like work within those WWE confines that I think are always going to be there. The terrible scripted dialogue, like the just the presentation and the, the like, fakeness of the world. But I don't know, like, Sean's just a bit more. Bold and daft. I I think part of it, you know, and obviously we joke about Sean just cycling through all his own personal back catalog. And why not? There's some really great angles in there. Yeah. We mind a few of them. I when I watch NXT, as daft as it is, and I know we have a lot of fun with it within our own <sighs> like oh my God. podcast world of characters that the NXT review and preview has become. But nonetheless, I do get enjoyment out of it. I still feel like Shawn Michaels is doing what is asked of him, as wacky as it gets and as daft as it is, I sort of feel like, you know, we've talked a lot on lots of podcasts over the years about the Performance Centre. Objectively, it's been a pretty big failure. Mm-hmm. I feel like now, in the same way that NXT is succeeding, the Performance Centre is also succeeding because it is now finally, with Vince McMahon gone in the main roster, you're going to do some pretty stupid stuff on NXT, but we did tell you this is WWE training camp. Mm-hmm. Nothing you will do on the main roster is ever going to be as stupid as that one time you <laughs> did that one segment on NXT. We want the work to get better. We want the matches to get better. For God's sake, find that hard camera. You know, but like, ultimately, yeah. if this skit, if you're reading it and you're going, what the frig is this? It's like, well, you've done it. 
your character has either survived from it or in some cases, like Von Wagner, thrived within it. And this will absolutely help you the day that you work the weirdest Raw. The one week you will do something very weird on Raw SmackDown because sometimes we're just weird. But you'll think to yourself, well, you should have seen what they had me doing down there for a bit while I was doing my, my in-ring stuff and doing my reps in the background also doing this. I feel like he's shown as daft as it is and as soapy as it is, it's on message. I think he is absolutely, yeah. again, like the synchronization between Triple H and Shawn Michaels is completely different and way more effective than it ever was between Triple H and Dead. Well, look at the fluidity of, I know they do it often to, you know, pop ratings and what have you, but the ease of which that they have a Dragon Lee move up to the main roster and Axiom pop up on the main yep. roster, or obviously the other, you've had a hell of a different load of main roster stars drop down to NXT, even if it's just for a two-week thing. And it's like Triple H is almost invested in it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Vince just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I like I, the. It won't last forever, and nothing does uh, in wrestling. But you know, uh, right now as well, it's like everything within WWE. It's it's all in a bit of a sweet spot. There may come a time where Shawn Michaels gets a bit sick of producing the type of stuff he's doing, unless he just absolutely loves it and wants to do it forever. Equally, maybe. Maybe a point where Triple H wants something different out of his developmental, and that creates a bit of a divide between the two. But they're in a they're in like a real they're in lockstep at the moment, and I think that's something that WWE's never had since they opened the well, probably since you wrote the first book, let alone the book that's hiding in the buckle. Like I don't think this WWE and NXT, like I don't think they even when Johnny Ace was running FCW, was it as tightly connected as it is no. right now? It's always just felt like you do realise that this isn't working yeah. <laughs> and that it exists. Like, how do you how do you not know no. that these two worlds are under the same like purview? Like what, what? It was always baffling to me the way they did developmental. This is the first time they've been like in true sync. Vince sent Triple H's NXT to die in the Wednesday Night War and never promoted it on Raw half as much as Triple H promotes Sean's Tuesday show on yeah. Raw now. It's like, it almost feels like Vince was in a spite war with himself <laughs> over <laughs> NXT. Uh, thank you to uh, Michael Lavely III, who says 38,473 minutes Listen to you guys this year. Top point five percent on Spotify. Never a dull moment. Thanks for everything, Dadleys. Michael, that's absolutely lovely uh, that you would uh, say something like that. God damn it! <laughs> After that specific comment, got used to it. thirty-eight thousand minutes. You should Thank know you. expect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank Michael. you. Sorry, Jeff Rainmaker <laughs> says. <laughs> Hamlet, did you get your tits back yet? <laughs> Gateshead to Wisconsin is six over 6,000 kilometers, but that has to be some kind of record. Also, could you please keep talking about what's his dick? Definitely not burned out. I had my tits back for about three years. Need to do something about that in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're not going to do anything. Nah. It's past this, past this. Like, you get I don't this, care anymore. Get this age, don't you? Yeah, I'm sorry. And then I got to see certain angles. Oh. Uh, we do, we do, Ethan Page tit pop, and Ethan Page got an incredible shape now. So He's we could, great. For WrestleMania, we could do the tit pop at WrestleMania. Can't be bothered. <laughs> I get it. I just, just tiring on a night, want to lie down <laughs> and watch the X Files. Yeah. Maybe if I can be bothered. Nah, I just want to do that. I just want to do that. You just need to sit down a lot at the end of the mm. day. The older and more but tired you get. If you're sitting down, just like on the sofa or something. Where are you putting your tea? Well, I can't just sit with it on you my lap. Sit on your lap. You could have a cushion or a pillow, but it feels a bit. Mm, I don't know. Just there's something slightly off, but I, if it's not oh, adjacent to what would be correct. Puritanical. Mm. I, I, just, uh, I just get a tray with a cushion underneath. I eat at the table and converse with my family. That is amazing. Yeah. I aspire to live that kind of life. 
Well, speaking of being old and tired and working it's with only, It's only because we've got the carpet cleaned recently. Oh, yeah, I get it. And we're thinking... Mm, you have, like, two good weeks. It's two like good getting a new carpet, again, yeah. Like, when you get a new phone. Oh, and then the first time we drop it. I hate you now. Oh, my glass is always filthy where I care a lot at first. But now the carpet being clean, something about the, mm. the vibe of the house. Yeah. It's all in the fabrics of that carpet. The fibres. <laughs> <laughs> fibres. Carpet, and uh, I had not like uh, well, I quite like my family actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep chatting, <laughs> keep talking. Punk, um, I don't know, like he's, I don't, I, I'd like to think that uh, WB will know what they have this time with him. He's, I don't think he's going to appear every week, I don't think he's going to be a special attraction guy. It was really amazing seeing him on the Rumble poster, and he's like one of 30 guys. And I was like, Yeah, one of a big yeah, group of you're, people. You're a spoke, you're not sp- in. The wheel. Yeah, Spoke in the wheel. And what do I love most? The wheel itself. Right there. Well, oh, Johnny Gargano. Welcome back, Spoke. <laughs> like, it was great seeing him on his, like, first poster back. Yeah. And I was like, there he is. Home. Like, I'm the only one that took that message as a shoot, apparently. Um, I just don't think it'll go wrong. So I will continue to enjoy it as long as I think it won't go wrong. If I start to see or sense, uh, then I'll become as uncomfortable as it when it was happening in AEW. Owens being... Injured, written off SmackDown on week one is a bit like. Huh. Did you see the the interview? Oh my god! Yeah, it was so funny. Did Delivery was this? amazing. Was so it's an interview with Kevin Owens, and he was asked first, "How do you feel about the return of CM Punk?" And then he was asked, "How do you feel about the return of Randy Orton?" When asked about CM Punk, he went, "Yeah, you know, I just I, I want to go to work and have fun, and if that's his mindset, great." How do you feel about the return of Randy Orton, Kevin? Oh, he's the best guy in the world. I love having him around. And obviously, he's not just a great worker. But <laughs> just having, comes out having someone like that in the locker room who doesn't say, I'm a locker room leader, but we just know him to be a locker room leader, helps us all be happy at work. Like People fucking hate CM Punk, man. Yep. Like People hate him way more than I think a lot of Punk fans uh, like to acknowledge. Yeah. I, it's just, it couldn't... And can... We were critical of it at the time, so I'll be consistent here. Can those within WWE, whether it's Triple H, Paul Heyman, Bruce Pritchard, I don't know, whoever it is, do what we all kind of watched Tony Khan not, which is sort of evade the problem, find incredibly creative and like financially huge reasons why maybe I'll just go away if I do this. And then at the first like sort of case of Punk losing his temper over something, it all just boots off again. Can they... Find a way to hold it all together. Can you put Kevin Owens and CM Punk in a room if indeed you need to put them in a room? I don't know. Like, that's that's what I watch with trepidation. Mm. But I, I don't know. I, I was want... reliably informed that the Fed, the almighty Fed, will just make the little pawns do whatever they want. Well, and that's what I'm optimistic that I think they will. Now they're putting injuring Kevin Owens' storylines to accommodate CM Punk on SmackDown. Yeah. Why well, I started this was it made me a bit feel uh, weird. I love it. I was just rather reliably informed that they're all pawns. I love it. I'm still reliable. Triple H has got the biggest dick and he can do whatever he wants and tell whatever the pawns that he wants to do. Certainly, never said half of that. I think he showed how small that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, switching gears now to AEW, Drew C says, I feel like AEW has a geek problem top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> tell him when he's telling lies. Even the top two contenders for world champ were losers around all in. <laughs> How slash can they correct this? More ROH champions, question mark? I don't know if this question's being asked in good faith. More ROH champions. I mean, come on. Who's, who's that, Mr. Phoenix? Uh, Drew C. <laughs> Drew C. You're usually all right, Drew. Um, 
If it's one on Twitter I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, to a degree, right? With Swerve, it's fine at Sting. Everyone loses to Sting, okay? They've pretty much, as soon as that ended, um, Swerve's association with that. It's basically that, right? Let's push Swerve. And you know what? People can lose two months ago. And if they get as hot as Swerve has, you don't just go, all right, well, they lost two months ago, so we can't really do anything. Yeah. Like, let's go. Go, go, go with that momentum. If anything, that it's like, isn't, shouldn't they? Don't they get pelters for not pivoting? Steve Austin never pinned on Mid-Brit Hart Summit yeah. in their entire feud. Yeah. That was the one that made him. Yeah, exactly. And AW doesn't get, gets you know, rightly blasted for when they don't pivot or like play their hot hand and let careers wither away. So maybe it isn't necessarily a bad thing if people who lost two months ago are now getting hot and now are getting pushed. That's pretty much how it should work and something for which AEW has been criticized. In terms of a geek problem, I there's not many people who really feel like winners there. There's a just a guy problem. They've there's developed, a just their, a guy developed their own just a guy problem. Oh, Different to how WWE used to do it. Yeah, like, it's like, there's a lot of things have happened in that promotion at once. We've spoken at length. Four years is a long time to just stop caring about people, no matter how talented they are, no matter how much they're still working. Hard, like Jericho, Moxley, it's been four years I can imagine people would feel that way about Omega. I couldn't because I'm just a massive Kenny Omega mark. But I can see that. Mm. I can see that. Um, I, As ever with AEW, I don't know what the answer is, and it would take longer than a five-minute spiel. But uh, you know, this Continental Classic and the stories that are shooting, sprouting from it already, like the rise of Brody King, um, Eddie Kingston finding a device with which you can layer the sympathy on Eddie Kingston all over again, finding a device, this tournament, to make Daniel uh, Ryan Danielson feel like this most arrogant, invincible dude by winning, what, one match so far? Like, maybe the ranking system is, in fact, the way. This is a microcosm of how stakes, a number, a visual reminder of how much of a winner this person is, how much of a loser Eddie Kingston is. Like, Eddie Kingston has lost two matches. And those results matter so much more than however many matches, I don't know, Darby Allen has won or last this year. You know what I mean? Mm. And he's still one of the really over ones. Um, that sporting, like, system where you can see the numbers, the uh, data. Shit. Doing a big <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Continental Classic is, like, it's a... Self-own and an attempted fix all at once from Tony Khan because it's like uh, it's weird how like I've heard people talking about this and I think like we've probably touched upon it like how it is. Last week I was certainly feeling I didn't even love love all the dynamite stuff, but I was just getting a sense of right we're off and running now and it's definitely creating a feeling like I care about the people involved and the points and you see already. Goated, man. Hmm? Blue League's goal. Yeah, yeah, like the levels. The co- like the collision, it's already developing this sort of aura around it, mm. like the those collision matches and the next ones to come and all of that. And it's weird because tomorrow, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the collision's getting taped tomorrow. I didn't know this. Huge death. Weird it's that. It's a long time to avoid those results. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to do it. Maybe like getting DMs again about results. I kind of want that to make a comeback. Or like not results. The, the Spoiler free <laughs> about quality, sorry. Spoiler free appraisals of match quality. It's weird, right? It's sort of at the moment, saying, oh, the Continental Classic is uh, sort of fixing a lot of uh, the sort of the ill feeling towards AEW. It's that not. Was, it's good, but it runs deeper. Well, and it reminds me a little bit of when, I think it was like Sami Zayn last year. It's like, how is this uh, Sami Zayn thing happened? Booking. Mm. Like, it's not this organic thing. They've booked him. This has been kept like Paul Heyman or Roman or Triple H, whoever was doing it, Sami Zayn himself. Tony Khan <laughs> is booking this Continental Classic. 
and yet is also booking a certain bit of AEW that he did not like. Like Continental Classic is a return to the booking patterns mm. that people, a lot of people enjoyed about old style AEW, and it's currently sitting with a lot of stuff that people didn't like. It's not its own living, breathing entity, and I do wonder if the two things happen at the same time will get him hooked on the praise, online at least, that he was lacking for months and months and months and months. And it does see... Rankings are probably never coming back, sadly. But this is the closest we've had, and I just think that's... This funny. should be the ultimate evidence that you should really be bold and attempt a ranking system. Look how much people are really caring about Eddie Kingston yeah. losing. Yeah. Because those losses are framed in a way now that matters because they will deprive the character of his goal, maybe even embarrass him. No one wants that for Eddie Kingston. So his next matches are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. People are using this as well. Swerve Strickland isn't a star unless he wins these matches. Yep. This is all acting as a reminder. And sorry to circle back to the question, Drew, why they're feeling like geeks are just a guys. Like, an AEW where the whole idea all along was wins and losses are meant to matter, these wins and losses mattering to these characters, having this effect on them, that people care about them all over again. I care about Eddie Kingston more in the past two weeks and a half all year, yeah. and he has lost two matches. And the story is when the tournament finishes. This does not end with the end of the no, tournament. No, it doesn't have to. Anyway. Uh, final few questions for us. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Big MGM says, uh, what do you think is the most annoying crowd chant today, excluding what? the what chant? All oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, because we were automatically going to go. Uh, we there. want tables. Like, You'll get them when you want them. You get too many of them to begin with. Mm. You'll probably get them. If there's an AEW plunder match, right, you'll probably get a table. Do you not think, if you're one of these people, oh, we want tables, we want tables, <laughs> that if there's an AEW plunder match, right, the two wrestlers involved are going to sit down before the match and not go, I think these, like, I think these people want tables. Yeah. Let's <laughs> not do tables. Like, the no one tables. They break a table on every episode of North American Wrestling Television <laughs> the past, what, 25 years at this point? Yeah. Gonna see a broken table in that kind of thing, in that kind of context, right? Like, they probably take the piss out of you if you are requesting tables by saying, oh, you know, probably have the self-deprecating chat beforehand, so I'm not gonna get heat for 10 minutes because we haven't got the table spot until, you know, 12 minutes in when we're laying this out. They're well aware that you want tables, you are going to get the tables. Just wait patiently for the tables. And guess what? If you're watching Swerve and Hangman, and thankfully it got so violent so quickly that no one was bothering to do any performative chants for a long time. They were just locked in. But they were chanting for that. And then it's like, you're going to get something. I love a table just as much as the next guy, right? But sometimes things look like more sick than table spots. Mm. And just, you know. Live with that. Live with the lovely sickness. There was definitely a period where um, Chekhov's table was becoming a trope. And I think that's to do with the rest of having the chat. We're not going to do the spot till later on when we want to do it, but we're going to set it up now. We'll get the table now shut so up. that people shut up and like, say, oh, we're going to get the yeah. table. But then that became so overdone that you had to stop doing it. Yeah. So the wrestlers, I do have sympathy for them because then they can't win. I do love watching a table get broken. Yeah, it's class. So good. It's brilliant. But aye. Uh, we'll do a couple of fun ones, then we'll get to a, pro a proper wrestling question to finish. What Christmas movie do you truly despise, says Cosmic Joe Chronicles? Or, or what's your favourite Christmas movie? Yes, we can ask that as well. Despise? Is there, any, is there a single Christmas film I despise? Oh. I despise the take that Die Hard isn't a Christmas film. I despise the argument. Without it. I despise the argument. Yeah. The argument. It's, it's, the argument's it's, dead. It's, it's a day argument. It takes place at a Christmas 
You have an party. Take, I'm not even. I'm just stating, stating facts here. <laughs> it takes place at a Christmas party, and he writes, "Ho ho ho! I've got a machine gun." It's a Christmas film. Anyway, uh, favorite Christmas films, least favorite Christmas film. My favorite Christmas film, probably Home Alone. Yeah, it's up there for me. I also love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Never seen that. It's mainly nostalgia at this point. Uh-huh. A lot of the comedy's dated, um, but it's just like a, a, a ritual, a ritual. Um, least favorite. So I, I get depressed by old films. Mm. Just like really old films. I don't know. It just reminds Life me. Life looks harder, doesn't it? Life looks harder, even though it's really hard now. Uh, <laughs> I know. I think right. Very very old films. Like I hate really old westerns. Mm. Like Guns and Navarone and like I certain. Can't, I just like, can't sit through them. I just kind of sit through them. And I think I've got this like lingering resentment stemming from my childhood of I probably only watched these types of films. Like, I'm sorry, It's a Wonderful Life. I'm sorry. I never watched it. When my memories of those films are associated with, I mustn't have got what I wanted on that day as a child when you get everything you want when you're a kid because I'm forced to watch this really old thing that my parents like. So I probably had a tantrum (laughs) when these (laughs) films were playing. I was like, just like, "Mm." So I I hate old films and I kind of get past how old It's a Wonderful Life just looks. Mm. Didn't even have your mobile. <laughs> Didn't have Wordle. You probably had just like the most darkly roasted coffees. Couldn't even have a light coffee. Yeah. Maybe hated a job. The commute was in the blood. I so I, I Christmas films. I, it's one of them things where I don't. I realize I'm a philistine. Oh, it's a wonderful life's good. Is it? Or does it talk funny? I don't like. And have I'd, knee padder. I don't like hold them up as like special. They're fine. Some are good. Some are bad. But they just. Feel, I don't like. I'm not one of the people. That December hits. And it's like right. I've got to see these. Like people go mad for Elf. And I just think it's just comedy. It's all right. I don't think it's the best comedy. It's just just a film. But music for, gives me the feeling more than yeah films. Same yeah. And the so as a result, through having kids, there's a relatively recent one. Netflix dropped in about 2017, maybe. Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles. Like, hammered that a lot because kids want to watch the same films over and over again. And I'm not bored of it. And that's the... And Kurt Russell's go. Kurt Russell's Santa is good. Ooh, and it's one of the I've biggest... seen it, yeah. Soundtrack is unreal. Chicago looks gorgeous, which is where so much of it is set. Bunker in it. Uh, I mean, I've watched it enough times that I should have been able to spot him as an extra walking down the street, like in a cameo. But um, it's, it's watchable over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, there's Sopranos cameo, which I won't spoil for you. Yeah, uh, which is really good, uh, and it's really fun and sharp, and it has a nice uh, version of the Santa Claus story that your kids can enjoy. And I've just enjoyed enjoying that with them, probably more than I ever did Christmas films by myself. I don't like Love Actually, but I'm not trying to be clever about this. I used to really like it, like slop. Like my bland sandwiches. Yes, please, Love Actually, and obviously the messaging has got worse and worse as the years have passed. Before we get to yours, because I'm interested, um, I actually prefer going back and watching old TV Christmas specials. Yep. Like It's Always Sunny or The Office. Yeah, that's that's probably preferable to me. I, th- I agree Denver with the Austin Angie well. and EastEnders. East Enge. Uh, John Cena Street Fights. Uh, <laughs> <Street laughs> uh, I mean, all the obvious ones. Jingle All the Way. Brilliant, obviously. It's uh, Jim Carrey being in a Christmas film. Grinch. I like The Grinch. Yeah. I like The Grinch. Um, what was the other one I was going to? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Just 
It's sort Kids of a like crossover it, Halloween, Christmas. I'd say the night before is one of my favourites. The uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah? Yeah. Never seen it. Worth worth a watch. And in terms of hating, I think I just hate all the sort of like, oh, that was quite popular. You know, uh, The Holiday, for example, with uh, um, uh, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law and all that. Jack, uh, Why'd you watch Jack that? Jack Black. And Louise watching it. It's great. Good. It's good watch. But then they went, oh, that was no, really that, popular. I think fancy Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah, I do. Massive. Um, <laughs> massive. Massive <laughs> right. fancy. Massive fancy, yeah. Right. But when they go, <laughs> someone, someone not Netflix, but someone like smaller than Netflix, went, that looks quite popular. Let's just do that. You know, the, the hallmark Christmas one. Christmas stage. break. What's this going to be? Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, wait a second. I think this might be alluding yeah. to this other Christmas. Yeah, I'm not really huge. That's a, it's not so much over here, is it? But like Hallmark movies. Hallmark yeah. phenomenon movies. in America. The people yeah. who just sit down and just like, have them on that Hallmark channel. Come on all day. Yeah. Mm. The Hallmark who did like a knockoff, like, this is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It sounds like <laughs> it would be. <laughs> like, you just got a ginger bloke there. <laughs> anyway. um, it's you. I don't dislike it because it's still a great film, but it really hasn't held up, I don't think, as much as I used to love it because it was New York, and I just like New York because it's the city and the telly. Home Alone 2 is too long. It's too long, and it's just good. It's stunning in places. It's pretty much the exact same plot. It is like the toys that it is blatantly just existing to advertise still make me wish that I could be Kevin. The recorder gimmick he's got is like, I wish I had it, Like, but it's too long. Mm. Do you want to know what my key issues with Home Alone 2 is? Well, that. All the abuse in that abandoned house. (laughs) I do love Tim Curry, right? You know what I hate? Mm. The voice on the toy shop owner. Ah. So saccharine. He's a two-turtle dove. He's a two-turtle dove. That's how you talk for Get the f*** out of here. (laughs) 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 You take one. You take one. I'll take one. I made a little dip. Is there someone burglar shop? I hate that guy. I hate that guy. But he's like the, the top baby face of the whole of uh, like, isn't he? Like the, uh, Home Alone 2, the one with uh, Piers Morgan as a pigeon woman. Is that the right, is that the right one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought so. Donald Trump in it, yeah. Aye, cameo in it. Of course, uh, naturally. Yeah. And God bless the United States. I worry sometimes that this, people think that we're like pro him because of that button and the way that you get very we're excited. Just, we're absolutely not. No, just, no. yeah. yeah. Uh, Cosmic Joe asks, what's your favourite video game? Oh, is it WrestleFest or is it SmackDown? Here comes the pain. It's SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Actually, it shoot is. I have more hours logged on that. That and Pro Evo were the reason I owned a console oh, when I was younger. Pro Evo, yeah. Like the the, the SmackDown and Pro Evo's series is running together at the same time. That was basically two games a year with a GTA thrown in. I'm as basic as it gets. I'm so basic with video games, right? Have I got even a vaguely interesting one? I'm a very casual, deeply casual gamer. Um, all time, Super Mario 64. It's the vibe of it. Jolly Roger Bay, that theme, oh my God, it does things to me. Recently, uh, GTA 5, I'm sorry. Thoughts you for a film? Uh, Titanic, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> GTA 5 just absolutely incredibly yeah. goated. Um, I love Hades, but I'm crap at it, and I realize I don't like the genre. I just love the gameplay. don't like doing the same thing over and over and over again and being crap at it. But I love the gameplay. The actual combat is good. Um, it is night. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, what a night. Uh, um, my son's playing Odyssey at the minute. Mm. And it's class because we got the Switch for him. And then, like, Odyssey was, like, the second game he played. And he couldn't do it at, like, five or six. 
So we just got Mario Kart, and then you do the thing where you can stay on the track. Then you got FIFA. He's got bad Odyssey, and he's like on like the third or fourth world, and he's like he needs the odd bit of help. Mm. But um, I am sort of playing that the bits he can't do, I'll help him with. That's an absolutely tremendous title. Right, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, by the way. Culture gaming and more, podcast. Way more informed than this. Yeah. This sort way of more thing. insightful. <laughs> uh, final question uh, as we wrap things up. PJ Heel says, where does Hangman go here after losing the Swerve feud? Possible heel turn. Uh, he can't be a heel. I don't think it'll work. I think they, they might try it. And I think in a weekly episodic era, there's no such thing as a Ricky Steamboat. Even WWE and Rey Mysterio's enduring appeal. People got bored of Rey at one point. Mm. Like it wasn't just the... Um, I was pinished. 2013, he yeah, was Yeah, it wasn't just him not being Daniel Bryan at that Royal Rumble. Um, it was just pretty boring, and uh, it was like sort of off and on. You can never really go, oh, Ray, you can really invest in a Ray Mysterio. He was oh, work-rate Kane. They could rely on him, but you didn't necessarily want to see it, him. You didn't feel anything yeah. for him. I think it's going to be very hard for anyone to be a steamboat, but my God... Um, People don't really want to boo John Moxley. They don't want to boo him. Does anyone love to hate him? Nah, he's too real as well. Like the people remember the pandemic. They, even the promo he cut last week. Like, I've not really felt much for a John Moxley promo in a long time. And then he does that. And you're you like, can't hate him. Oh, there he is. Yeah, kind of hate John Moxley. And I, don't th- I, I, you hate Hamon Page, but um, his fans can't. I just don't think it's true. I can't imagine buying it. He's no. just like a fundamentally decent human being with great values. He's so good at being a babyface because without being parasocial, I suspect he kind of is one mm. insofar as wrestling goes. Mm. I've probably be- seen a straight Instagram like of his where you think, oh, what the fuck are you doing that for? But in terms of his character and the way he presents himself on screen, I I do not know. He's so good at like feuds. Fuweds, Fuweds. That you should just that was do. An old punker thing that wasn't it. Yeah, you should fuwed with the Miz. <laughs> you require. <her. laughs> I want them to do what everybody is asking them to do, which is make sure that he doesn't go away. I understand that there's. I think there's a good idea at the heart of a bad one, which is them spotting the episodic TV kills guys. So we'll just drop him into a fuad, and then he can disappear again, and that's all right. I think that has failed, and I think it's failed Hangman Page, and I think ultimately there's no set rule. Some people do need the, I think I thought this was when he was the champion, and I think it now, some people do need the regular, and some people do need the breaks, mm. and Hangman Page is a guy that seems to need the breaks less than others, and he gets them, and I just don't think that suits. It can make sense within the stories in right now, ironically. Like, he's gone away. The swerve loss is huge. It's absolutely massive, but it doesn't feel like he's away selling the agony of defeat, it feels like he's having one of these Hangman Page TV breaks. They've kind of, the die's cast now Back on that. For what? Oh, the, is the Revolution Ladder, the face of Revolution Ladder match, that's the thing, isn't Probably, it? Like, the big I Sonic ju- ring. I just think he needs to be a regular more than most, and they don't seem to agree, and I think it hurts him. Really excited to see what they do next with him, but uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for all of your questions. Apologies again for the technical difficulties, uh, but thanks to everyone who sent them to us. If you want to send us more questions that we'll answer uh, on the news, for example, you can send them to us at WhatCultureWWE and X, where you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. <laughs> you can follow me at Adam Woodman. You follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But fans, it's been your questions answered. My thanks to Hamlet to Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.